0: It's the Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast with a host banned from interviewing a guest during the week because of his terrible fandom. We know who I'm talking about. It's RDT who joins the show with me, Taylor Smythe, and Banks. And Banks, I'm going to throw it to you first. Do you have any? Just any more late-breaking news? You've been the newsbreaker this week on all things Ravens. I mean, let's let's be honest. The, the beat writers, who we all we love and respect, they were a little behind you on the biggest story of the week. So do you have any updates for us or just an expansion on a crazy situation going on as the Ravens face um, a COVID-19 situation heading into Thursday night's big game against Pittsburgh?
1: It continues to be an ongoing situation. The situation is very fluid, blah, 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 all the big J terms. Yada yada yada. This that and the other.
0: Um, <laughs> Tip it back, uh, yeah.
1: It's uh, I I know some things, but I'm not at liberty to discuss them. Uh, mm. What Jeffs Rebick has pretty much. Uh, apologies if I have not pronounced that correctly. I should know that by now. But Jeff Z, when they call Jay Z, um, <laughs> is is. Correct in saying that there are some more names that will be put on the COVID lists in the next couple of days. Right now it is 9 p.m. on Tuesday. Um, I had heard that three names this morning were going to be added, and uh, just one of the names, Pernell McPhee, was actually added to the list today, but I expect there will be at least two more. And then who knows what other tests are going to pop up. So ongoing situation, fluid. Like I said, blah, 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 blah. It's not Lamar Jackson. I addressed that. Somebody speculated. As far as I know, unless something changes, Lamar Jackson is not one of those names. So as far as I know, he will wake up on Thursday, and that will be bad news for the Steelers. Can't
2: confirm. That was a perfect opportunity for you to put that, the, the Saban video. I went ahead and did it, but I thought that was a layup for you, that tweet you had.
1: Which time? I mean, I, I can. When use you that said, when you, when you. There
2: are many what, times for the saving. You tweeted out the whole like, "Here's what I'm hearing. It's a fluid situation." And then you said at the bottom, like, "And I'm not naming names, so like, stop asking or something." Or like,
1: I love that. That also, like, okay, I'm not going to name names. Okay, that means the banks won't give names publicly. Mm-hmm. All slide into Banks' as DMs. Oh, of course, yeah who is it, or how many players is it, or this, that, and the other. I can't give away the info. I can't. I can't. No, it's not how the scoops work, unfortunately.
0: I'm stuck with this burden, and I can't share it. What's crazy now for the Ravens is, and and in a world where um, we're seeing so many uh, events postponed or or suspended uh, due to COVID, Minnesota, Wisconsin football today, uh, Duke basketball's uh, season opener was moved back. A lot of different things. The Ravens at this point still slated to play on Thursday, uh, but will be without multiple players. As you said, Pearl Nell, McPhee, one of those. Mark Ingram, one of those. J.K. Dobbins. um, There's staff members that have it. Uh, But at this point, the NFL and the Steelers and the Ravens are planning to move forward on Thursday. Who knows? In in 24 hours, I mean, I have no information, but – Sometimes that's the way these things go, where if it continues to persist and continues to spread throughout the team, and these teams don't feel comfortable. You never know. This game could get moved back to Sunday. It could get moved back um, somewhere later in the season. We'll have to see what happens. But at this point, we do have a Thanksgiving showdown, Steelers-Ravens. Make sure to continue to listen through our guest, Jacoby Jones. We talked about a lot of this. Jacoby had his own football game canceled on Thursday. The Calvert hall Loyola, turkey Bowl, the greatest high school rivalry in all of football. Uh, after 100 consecutive postponed due to this, but what do we think the Ravens need to do to win this game? I mean, at this point, this is almost like an all hands on deck, raw raw speech. As you said on 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 Sunday, Banks, like what what gimmicky thing do you have to do? Does John Harbaugh need to jump into an ice bath? I mean, what, 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 they've got to do something to rally the troops here. I liked Mark Mark Andrews' quote today about how they know they have the guys in the locker room to get this done. They're still confident, backs against the wall. This is a great Steelers team, undefeated at this point. Um, the Ravens certainly have their back against the wall on Thursday. They do. I think they got to channel that
1: desperation a little bit. Um, kind of bummed that, that Mike McCarthy kind of jumped the gun there and did the <laughs> whole watermelon thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was going to ask about that.
1: Yeah, that I, this is, that's exactly the kind of thing that, that John Harbaugh needs to be doing. I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. Um, I saw somebody mention on on Twitter today that um, it was only a year ago uh, every time the team faced a little bit of adversity. It may have been two years ago, actually. I can't remember now that I think about it. But um, every time something negative happens, John Harbaugh's response was, good, good. And that was the mantra for the year. Um, And that whole mentality seems to be out the window, and they need to kind of channel that a little bit. Um, football coaches I know my uh, offensive line coach back in high school loved to say get comfortable being uncomfortable it's how you play playoff football it's how you play AFC North football it's all about being uncomfortable how Jacoby Jones is talking about how physical and how brutal those games are it's going to be no fun from here on out we're going to have to scratch and claw our way back into this thing Um, the AFC playoff picture is pretty crowded but um, we got to shake up the juju a little bit something's got to change
2: yeah I mean it, like, like you said it, it's it's not just a normal game because again it is Steelers Ravens on Thanksgiving. This one's been circled since the calendar or since the uh, schedule came out, and obviously the the position that the Ravens are in now you know' we're six and four on the in the hunt graphic they're not I mean if someone would have told you, hey, going into week 12, the Ravens are going to be in the hunt or on the in the hunt graphic people would people would have called you crazy. They would have thought Lamar got hit by a bus in preseason or something um this i mean no one no one thought that they would be here this is a team that was thought to be you know arguably the class of the afc along with the super bowl champion uh chiefs and yeah now now they're going into their biggest every game going forward is basically their biggest game um and again especially just the way they lost last week um who they're going up against this week the fact that the steelers are 10 and 0 and like you said i think we were already off air last week on sunday banks like It's not. It's not going. It wouldn't surprise you if they won. Well, that was also before all the information came out. It was before
1: all the COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what happens after they lose a game like this, and they just like the team. I I think I said it before the first Ravens Steelers game. Like whoever wins this game is going to to feel great about how they're doing and like whatever, and Mm they're going high. And then that second game will come around and they'll get smacked in the mouth. Like it always just has an equal and opposite reaction in these Ravens Steelers rivalry games where the second game just – it just flips on its head and somehow it all washes out. And it's almost like you played two games for nothing. You just got bloodied up and, you know, bash your head against each other's, you know, just
2: – And it's like it, – it's always like, you know, it it's always for split. Nothing. Yeah, it's like one-one, so there's no tiebreaker there or whatever. And, yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's then, then you just worry about the other 14 games on the schedule.
1: Exactly. Um, the Ravens just need to, like, obviously just scrap and find a way – to make it happen on Thursday somehow. And then they got to go out and they got to take care of like the, the Cowboys kind of have my ears perked up a little bit. Andy Dalton, we know him. That football team is not as dead and gone, especially after that win last week that they had. They're not as dead as, and gone as we thought for weeks because we really only saw them with Andy Dalton for like a game or so before he got hurt.
2: Like a half, maybe?
1: Yeah, half a game. And so we don't really know who, who that team is. And they are obviously all up in that division race, as shitty a division as that is. So they're not going to roll over and die for us next Thursday. And then you get through that Cowboys game, and you basically get a bye week because it's a Monday night game against the Browns after that. So just, just try to survive the next nine days. Try to say, try to say negative – and be positive. Well, Ooh. Whatever.
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> also, I mean, I just still have been saying, has that show be positive premiered yet? Because that is the worst show that has ever been produced. And I haven't even watched a single
0: second. Was that a Rostin reference? Oh, well, that that's
3: the Rossman says
0: <laughs> he tweeted that out, but I
1: think though that, that came through the subconscious. So it may have
2: been indirectly.
0: There you go. Yeah, Rosting, I will Rostin would appreciate it. I'm, I'm
1: getting go into on the college record. basketball mode a little bit here.
2: I want to go on the record. I think like you were talking about Harbaugh they're, they have to do something in the game. Like you can't hold anything back. We're going to get, we're going to get the weird Harbaugh, either a fake punt, a fake, you know, Tucker's going to do a fake field goal, something like that. They're going to, I think we're going to get something like that. National TV Harbaugh gets off on like doing the, the fake special team stuff, especially on Thanksgiving. And so we see
0: something like that. Here's one of the things the Ravens have to do. They've got to play cleaner. Even if even if they, they, they can't have explosive plays on offense like they did last year, even if you give up, you know, long plays to a Steelers team that has really talented weapons, the penalties cannot happen if they want to win this game. Um, deflating ones on both ends of the field. One thing, obviously, the Ravens are going to do well is play clean special teams, but they have not played clean offense and defense for most of this year. And it, they were able to get through it in a lot of the games earlier on. But now you, you can't do it against a team like the Steelers. One of the things I want to point out about the Steelers, not exactly the most dominant undefeated team we've ever seen. If you look at this schedule, last two games they've won by a lot against a bad Bengals team and a bad Chargers team, but a five point win at the Cowboys, a four point win against the Ravens, a three point win against the Titans. They blew out the Browns, a, Nine-point win against the Eagles, a seven-point win against the Texans, a five-point win against the Broncos, and a ten-point win against the Giants in a terrible game on the opening uh, Monday night of the season. They're not exactly waxing anybody with a pulse. Uh, no. So the, if the Ravens can play – The Browns, clean, it's it. If it. The, yeah, the Browns yeah, – who the, who the Browns must just walk into Pittsburgh and just believe they have absolutely no chance. Well, the Ravens
2: uh, did that to them too. The
0: Ravens did too.
2: Yeah, I mean, if the Ravens play a clean game in Baltimore yeah. – they win.
1: so That's, that's it, it's, like my attitude, what I just got done saying on the radio is I just – they thoroughly outplayed them just four weeks ago, the same team. They're, the, the Ravens are missing a couple guys now, and they're going on the road. But in this year with the COVID and everything, and there's – I mean, they should be able to carry those positives into this game and at least feel like they have a fighting chance.
0: What an opportunity for the Gus Bus on Thursday night. Big, big he, time. he will be toting the rock. I'm sure we'll see some justice Hill. Uh, this is, would be a time if the Ravens have the, the jet sweeps or the tosses or the funky plays to get the ball quick to guys like Duvernay and Marquise Brown, this would be the time to pull those plays out because um, John Harbaugh said they want to get Brown more involved um, but now that you don't have all of your running backs, you need to figure out a way to get in your, to get the ball, excuse me, into your, in your playmaker's hands. So, but the Gus bus, beep beep, ride the bus, baby. Put beep, your waiver beep. claims in tonight. Tonight or tomorrow. Depends on when your <laughs> waivers go. Well, that's
3: also forget. true.
2: I put, uh, I put mine in today for him.
1: Good for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's going to be a free in, in the off season too. Like he, this is his opportunity. To show in front of the whole nation, like what he's capable of. Everybody's seen him in spots run the ball well. I mean, in 2018, he was far and away the the best back on the team by the end of the season. Um, but huge opportunity for for the Gus Boss, and uh, and we'll we'll see what what they put out on the offensive line on Thursday night because that is a situation that could be dicey.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean. They've, they're going to have to play. I don't think they had – I don't think the Ravens played that poorly on the offensive line this last week. Um, so they just need to keep that performance going. Obviously, Cam, Clayus Campbell and Brandon Williams will be out again. Um, so that that unit's going to continue. to That's up
1: correct. Home. They will be both out yeah. on Thursday.
0: So the Ravens defensive line going to have to get it done. You're going to just have to keep going next man up type of type of mentality. Uh, boys, Predictions. Ravens Steelers RDT Um I'll say
2: I'll say 30 to 20 Steelers Again I think I mean everything everything is going in the Steelers favor and again that's I guess this these also have asterisks because if the game is you know as of right now the game is being played but again we may wake up tomorrow and and everything could be changed so if if they play I think it's going to be 30 20 again I think all the momentum is on the Steelers' side. Um, it, it's just nothing is going the Ravens' way right now. I know this has been the worst, what, couple days that the Ravens have had in a long time. It just seems like – thanks. You said it the other day. When it rains, it, you know, it, it, it hails. It pours and, and it, yeah, and when it hails, pours, man. Yeah. So, yeah, give me – I'll say 30-20.
1: Um, okay. One thing that
2: I think has to be said before this
1: game – yes huge opportunity uh, opportunity for gus edwards this this is a game where lamar has to elevate correct he absolutely has to bring his game up to a higher level pretty much back to last year's mvp level like it's it's getting to be you know n- enough is enough is not the term but like it's time to step on the gas here there's no more excuses to be made there's no more um i don't know it's just it's time to to rise to the occasion like we know he's capable of it's going to be awfully tough without the practice reps to kind of fix and tweak the timing that seems to be off on so many of the plays that we saw last week but there there are no excuses you can't have any more excuses at this point um and i'm hoping that he rises to the occasion against a team that honestly has probably had his number better than any other team. I know he beat them in Pittsburgh last year, but he also threw three interceptions in the process. Um, and then earlier this year was, was only his second game against them. And uh, that was the worst game of his, his regular season career, I'd say. Um, so if he can rise to the occasion, and I'm hoping he does, I'm praying he does, the Ravens will win 21 to 20.
0: There it is, 21 to 20. Uh, I like both of those scores. I like both of the logic behind the picks. Um,
2: Do we know a line or the over-under?
0: A line I,
1: at the moment
2: is five. Okay. There's, so, I mean, that's not a big
1: gap. Five points is not a huge spread. And the over-under, I believe, is 44.5. Okay. So, Ravens, yeah.
0: Ravens plus 200. Plus 200. And with that said, uh, the Ravens Will lose this game 27 to 21. They will play well. Uh, The Steelers will play just a bit better. The Ravens will not be able to overcome some of the losses this week. Obviously, I will not be rooting for that. But that is what I unfortunately see as the Steelers continue to roll on. I'm going to be interested to see how this Steelers team goes as they enter the playoffs. I think they are a good team. I don't think they're an undefeated caliber team. They don't strike me as a juggernaut. Um, It's pretty amazing no one's knocked them off at this point. That's really no hate on my part towards the Steelers as a rival. You just watch them each week. And even in the game against the Jaguars, I mean, if if Lutton or Luton or whatever that guy's Mm -hmm. name is, is not playing quarterback and it's Minshew, I think that game's competitive because Big Ben is tossing picks and they played some sloppy football there. But um, that was one of the worst quarterbacks Quarterback performances, I think I've ever seen in an NFL game by that kid. Unfortunately for him. Uh, so that's that's the Ravens. Obviously, NBC on Thursday night, the marquee game of the Thanksgiving slate. Mike Tarico and Chris Collinsworth, Michelle Tafoya on the calls. We always love to give the announcer updates. Love my man Tarico. Al Michaels week off, as we talked about before the show, um, in our on air in our off air conversations before these, that to let our listeners know sometimes go longer than these. Did you say
1: Catherine Tappen was on too? Catherine or? Tappens on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday night. Gungi okay. and
0: Tirico and Tappen on uh, on Sunday night. So they will have Bears and Packers. Uh, let's pop around to a couple other local sports items before we get to Jacoby Jones. Uh, Chris Davis told the Baltimore Sun he thinks it may be time for some mechanical changes in the swing. <laughs> Thoughts?
2: I mean, this that article has been written every year since he signed his deal. It's It's literally like, it's cause I remember like I literally saw that, that trending on, on Reddit. I read the article on Reddit. Um, and the caption was like, which year from the last six years is this from? It's I mean, again, I know we, we, we've, we've kind of had our talks about it over the last couple of years. Dude, it's that's an adjustment you make year one, year two, after Jim Palmer calls you out for it, not in fucking year six of your deal or five of your deal when you're, you're you've already been historically bad for five <laughs> years now. Like it's, it's done. It's done here. This is, this is the kid at the last week of of school asking for some extra credit. Hey, is there any extra credit I can do to bring my grade up? And it's like, no, dude, you got a 48. I'm just, I'm just looking to, you know, get some extra credit. Nah, sorry, man. We're, we're done here. Like this is, it's obvious that he doesn't belong on the team. Hyde doesn't want him. Elias doesn't want him. He's only on there because, because he's an Angelos family favorite. So it's, (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, to me, that's even a non-story. It's just a non-story. A non-story.
1: I, I saw this on the, on the timeline today and I read it and I just kept moving. And I did not know that you were going to bring this topic up tonight. And that's why I'm laughing at it.
0: it I specifically it, didn't tell you guys. I wanted a natural <laughs> reaction.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I don't know that he's ever said that he's making mechanical adjustments. I think he's just said that he's going to try to work harder and take a lot of reps, and this is the first time maybe the mechanical changes has been mentioned. I'm yeah, thinking- I'll shout
0: out, give a shout out to uh, to Camden chat on SB Nation. Uh, who looks like they have a compilation. Uh, r- the writer's Phil Fulcomer. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, so apologize to Phil if he listens to the show. Uh, but it looks like 2018 spring training, he said he was back to his old self. Once the game start, there's still a lot of things to implement, but I feel really good about the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, February of 2019, I think hearing a few different voices this offseason doing some things a little bit different, it helped me realize I wasn't as far away as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. I, the player that I was didn't disappear. He's still here. I think as far as my swing is concerned, I feel like I'm the player. Player. I feel like I'm that player right now. And then last year, he said, "I think it was completely mental." Oh no, <laughs> this quote's also from 2018. I think it was completely mental. There were too many call- called third strikes. There were too many called first strikes. There were too many times turning a bat o two and i swung the bat. And then from 2019 again, there are definitely things I learned about my swing, just about angles, things that I've done the past few years. Blah 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 blah. So. Uh, I guess the word mechanical has never been brought into the equation by our man, Mr. Davis. Um,
2: he's but definitely I don't... said that he's like working, he's open to adjusting his stance and his swing. And he, like, I think it was even last year, he'll adjust, he'll close his stance for like a game and a half. He'll go over four. And then the next game, he's back to the same exact stance that he was before.
1: The, the thing about him is that his swing is not one to really be tweaked with. Like he's, he's a power hitter through and through. He's never going to be a slap hitter. He's never going to be, I mean, he, he does hit the ball of power to the opposite field, but he's just not going to be your 300, even when he's playing well or great, like he did on really two or three seasons, like two or three occasions, his swing, his profile, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit towards making like overhauls mechanically. So he's either going to find it with the swing he has, or he's not. And, we've had all the time in the world to try to find it. Just like Eric said, it means even losing track of what year it is in terms of the contract. <laughs> and that's not on all on Eric's. It's, that's how long this has been ongoing. I
0: mean, it's so, really, we're, we're going, who on, knows? we're essentially going. It's awesome on year, in spring
1: training this year. He did.
0: We're yeah. essentially going on year five of this, you know, uh, 2015, he leads major league baseball to strike out, but he hits 47 homers. So fair enough. There you go. 2016. Yeah, don't get hot. He leads the league in strikeouts again, but he hits 38. So, okay, hits 221, but hits 38 homers, slugs 459 Fine. Then it just absolutely falls off a clip. 215, hits 26 homers, but it's just the numbers are not there. The next year, he strikes out 192 times, bats 168. 2019, bats 179, as we're just doing baseball reference read-downs, which, you know, anybody can do with their friends. And And this year, he hit 115. 115. 17 Ks to three walks after the great spring training,
2: uh, after, whatever. 2018 is the year that Buck sat him in September. So he wouldn't get to 200 Ks again. Like if you look at how many games he played in September, it was probably like four or five and Buck, they literally sat him because they were like, yeah, he needs some time off.
0: Yeah. And now, it, like we said, so he wouldn't he, get to 200 he can strike out. He was third in MVP voting with 199 strikeouts because he hit 53 homers, and drove in 138 rounds. So, the guy is just broken. You feel bad for him. You really do. Seems like a great guy off the field. The Ravens have two more years, or excuse me, the Ravens, the Orioles have two more years of this. They will pay him $23 million this year and they will pay him $23 million next year. He will make $141 million. He's, or excuse me, he has made $141 million. There's still deferred money. Is there not?
3: (laughs) There's still
2: money after the two years, isn't there?
0: Credit to I think he gets paid Davis
2: to, like, 2037 or something <laughs> like
4: that.
2: <laughs> and, that's, and that's enough about that. You want I to- will say, too, go ahead. The, the time – if you go to the Baltimore Sun sports page or whatever, their Twitter, if you go and look out at – you look at the times that they tweeted the article, it's, like, six, 6 o'clock in the morning on the dot. Like, 6.45 in the morning. It's, like, they knew no one was up. And no one was going to read it, but they had to tweet it out. And it's just so they wouldn't get just abused for like tweeting that. It was actually, it was pretty funny when I saw the times that, that they were tweeted out. So I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it's like, just, just tweet it out and forget about it and let's
0: move on. It's like very early in the morning. What a career. What, what an up and down career, a beloved Oriole at one point. Now, (laughs) now reviled in a certain sense. So. Hey, hopefully Chris Davis can fix those mechanics and get it back on. Do you guys have any thoughts you would like to express about either Maryland football or basketball, which gets started this week?
1: I'm just excited about basketball being back. I mean, we, we talked a good amount about it last year, and this isn't necessarily Maryland's strongest roster going into the year, but I'm just excited to have it back. Excited um, so to have college basketball back as a whole. Uh, college basketball over-unders, I think, are the funnest things if you're a gambler to get into, just because you can track the pacing of the points as the game goes on, and you're constantly like, okay, where should we be at the 12 under? And like check the point total and see how you're kind of tracking towards it and jump in with a live bet or whatever. It's a lot of fun. And we didn't get pretty much the gambling Super Bowl last year. And, uh, you know, it's going to, there's like 100 games tomorrow. I can't wait.
0: Yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be really fun. Maryland tips off against Old Dominion at Affinity Center. And what I was telling you guys, obviously, before we got on here, it's going to be very eerie. There are going to be no fans in the stands. Uh, two o'clock in the middle of the workday, Maryland will play its season-opening basketball game, and it's not as if it's some preseason tournament. It's a, the legitimate home opener. It will be on a BTN+. Plus. It's not even on TV. Uh, it will just be wild to to be there and and see that. Um, as i will be tomorrow with with no fans but as you said it's just so fun to have it back like just walking in the arena i'll just feel those you'll i'll feel that um to have maryland basketball back and and to have maryland basketball and football playing on the same week makes it feel like a little bit more of a normal year i think for for us sports fans and and you can only pray that we can get through this college basketball season yeah that's and absolutely, it, and there it absolutely and there it absolutely is. And with that, with that, we will get to our interview with Jacoby Jones, uh, former wide receiver with the Ravens, now a assistant coach at Calvert Hall College High School in Towson. Um, really fun stuff with Jacoby. We knew it was going to be fun. We knew he was going to have great stories. Uh, he didn't disappoint us uh, as we talked to him. Uh, You were banned from this, Eric, um, after your abhorrent behavior um, by the Exit 52 (laughs) board members. You were not allowed to participate in this interview. Uh, So me and uh, Banks had some fun with Jacoby. What was your biggest takeaway from our talk with Jacoby Banks?
1: Uh, I mean, he's just a fun guy to talk to. He definitely loves the game of football. And right off the bat, you can hear him talk about what it means to him when a kid, you know – listens to what he says and, and does something better and gets a rep, right. And you know, how much he loves to impart that wisdom and that excitement for the game. And he also just likes to have fun. I mean, you can, him talking about his touchdown celebrations and some of the, the iconic moments in Baltimore sports history. I thought it was just a really fun and
0: fun interview that I think everyone will enjoy. I think that sums it up very well. You could tell he's kind of caught a little bit of that coaching bug with how he talked about, you know, teaching the kids, as you said, and, and then the, the stories about the, that Super Bowl Ravens team were awesome, how they overcame that adversity, the High miracle, winning the Super Bowl in his hometown, really cool stuff from Jacoby. So let's pop into our interview with Jacoby Jones.
3: Something magic happens.
0: We're back here on the Exit 52 podcast with former Ravens wide receiver, now Calvert Hall College High School assistant coach, which warms my heart as a Calvert Hall alum, Jacoby Jones on the show. Jacoby, thanks for coming on, man. First of all, you returned to Baltimore as a coach at Calvert Hall. You you, you come back to a city where you had so many great moments. Talk about sort of the journey from retirement to now being in the coaching game and being back in Baltimore.
4: Uh, when I retired, uh, I, I coached at Lane College, the school that I went to, where I got drafted from for, for three years, and I left. Went home, you know, uh, look at mine for a minute, chill out. And then uh, I came up here to do an event and then, you know, word them out, get to talk. And I'm like, yeah, I'll coach out here. And Calvin Hall came up, like, I went, met with coach and met the kids. And I was like, let me know when you're ready. And I jumped back on the flight like that.
0: How much do you enjoy the coaching game? Like teaching these young kids all
4: the things you've learned as a player? The biggest thing is like 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 you know like I said I've, I've been playing since I was 6 years old you know and then uh <clears throat> when you teaching them kids and the biggest thing is they do what you teach them and they, and they're successful with it that's the, like that's like that's like a proud father like you know what I'm saying you teach them how to run around a certain way and they catch them, like they do it you be like ooh you know <laughs> me yeah. that's the fun part
1: yeah, that's got to be
4: gratifying.
1: Now You probably could have gone anywhere to do you know, this this stage of your life with the coaching, and obviously you're a
4: Louisiana native.
1: I uh, played in Houston, played in Baltimore. What drew you back to this specific area? Is it just good
4: memories? I, 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 or love, I love BMO so much because it reminds me of New Orleans. You know, food-wise, mm-hmm. how the people interact with each other. You know what I'm saying? The culture. So I'm like, I was like, man, this is like a second home for me.
0: Take sure, yeah. This the city loves you so much for, for what you did during the Super Bowl run in your career. Take us back to that Super Bowl run and being able to win the Super Bowl and play as well as you did down there in New
4: Orleans. Uh, honestly, man, it was it was a team effort. Like the way we the, that team was like unbelievable. Like I mean, that's like that's like going on mad and, and trading players and putting them all on one team. <laughs> that's how like, it was, and the way we bonded. Like brothers, you know what I'm saying? That locker room was crazy, but winning at home, like that's that's like uh unrealistic almost, man. How many people said could win the Super Bowl in the All City?
1: Absolutely. Now, that that team they did hit a bit of a rough patch there late in the season where they kind of had to face some adversity and and kind of um, I don't know, turn the boat around a little bit. Now, this year's team, you may see it, say that they're kind of in that same spot. What kind of message would you deliver? So this year's Ravens team that's kind of struggling and is uh, kind of looking for some answers at the moment.
4: Nah, it's the – what honestly would really drew us closer together was the adversity for us to, you know what I'm saying, take them couple of losses. I feel like if we didn't take them couple of losses, we wouldn't have got our shit together. You know what I mean? And we had to, like, think about it. I'm like, hey, man, I know we, we took off running. Like, like, for instance, like, I went first – we went four and over. Like, out the gate, we went 4-0, 5-0, something like that. Then Houston the Texans, whipped our ass, put, like, 40 points on them I was like, hold on. Hey, wake up, man. Wake up. Yeah. Like, you, I need s- you need adversity.
1: I specifically remember there was a uh, – Joe Flacco drove the team down down the field before halftime, and then it was a pick six. I want to say it was against Denver. It may have been Houston, but – was there a turning point? Was there a specific moment where it felt like, okay, we've kind of hit our rock bottom. we got to fight our way out of this hole. What was kind of a, a moment that, that pushed that team forward to the success that it had, if there so was we, a moment?
4: Us clinching, the, us clinching the division, once we clinched the division, like we knew we were like, all right, look here. Once we clinched the division and then uh, that playoff run, uh we, we had the coach first, and you know Ray Lewis came out with his Super Bowl MVP trophy. I mean, he wasn't showing like he was MVP. He was showing this is what a Super Bowl trophy looked like. And you could you heard a rat piss on cop during practice. Everybody's went to work like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Nobody nothing like it was. <laughs> just locked in.
0: Did you did you realize obviously Joe Flacco had an amazing. Playoff run as a receiver. Did you realize he was gonna, he was that locked in and ready to go that it was just the best he's played over uh, that many games of a stretch. I,
4: Joe was locked in in the offseason. Like, like when we was in OTAs, I knew he was locked in. Like we, were, I mean, like you know, Joey knew me from Adam and Eve, and when I got there, it was like me and him been playing together since high school. Like he was on point like that. He was hitting to Like I mean, come on, you had torque on one side. Then you got Quinn, Dennis Pitta, I play my role. What you gonna do with that?
3: Who you gonna
4: <laughs> Like what you go who you gonna go? Then you got then you got uh Vontae Leach, a fullback that can come out the backfield and catch the ball. Then you got Ray Rice. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't do nothing with that. Sure. A, <laughs> like the truth. Like, you know, you'd be damned to kick the ball because you kick it to me, you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's an embarrassment of riches, and it's funny to me that people maybe outside the Baltimore area like to think that the defense somehow carried that Joe Flacco team to to the Super Bowl, and it's it's kind of preposterous to me because that, that offense is really what carried it through.
4: I mean, the defense – I mean, our defense was – come on. Yeah, no, 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 no. Our oh, of defense, course, had hey, guys. It was <laughs> It was nasty. It was nasty. But what the the thing is though, without that defense, in practice, in practice they made us better. So when we got in the game, we're looking at them like, oh, "Come on man, I go against Ed Reed every day. Come on man, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's what made it easier for us." One
0: of the, the crazy plays you had was the Mile High Miracle, which I'm sure you've talked about a thousand times. But just walk us through what that felt like. And as the ball is coming, are you like, I cannot believe this is happening. I can't believe I just got behind him.
4: It's either the Mile High Miracle or or the damn Mike Tomlin. Like them two right there probably the, the most I've talked about in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but now the, the, uh, the Mile High, though, it's like, like they say you – uh, play like you practice, right? So in practice, we literally were like out of nowhere. Coach, I have a two-minute drill, like in the middle of practice. Two-minute drill, boom, change situation. So we've done the funny thing. We've done that shit so many times, and I'm, you know, like I said, Ed Reed is the the, the goat, but we've done it to Ed in practice, and that shit really happened in the game. Like like Joe, what Joe would do was Joe would get the ball and hold it, and just look at the safety. So when a deer, you see a deer run across the, the road, when you look at lights, what are they going to do? Stop. Right? <laughs> yep. That's what that was, a deer in headlights and threw that shit right over his head.
0: <laughs> well, the other one that obviously you're known for, the return um, in the Super Bowl in New Orleans. When that, that ball's coming to you, you're like, am I ta- are you, were you taking that out regardless? Did you see something on the play? Or-
4: every, listen, every, return, every kick to me, I'm taking it out unless you kick that shit out the end zone.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I didn't care. Like I just, I, just, I just didn't care. I was like, you kick that shit and I can get to the ball, I'm coming. That's and so I, awesome. And the best thing is that, like, the guy that was in front of me blocking from me, they knew that already. So they were like, Kobe crazy, boy, you better get on your man. He coming. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they
4: knew that already.
3: Yeah.
1: Um Everybody talks about that one. They talk about the Mike Tomlin incident. Maybe we'll get to that in a second. But one of my favorite returns by you was, was actually the, uh, one of the most unforgettable regular season games I think the Ravens have ever had. It was that Vikings-Ravens game in 2013 with the snow. Nobody could move the ball whatsoever for, for three quarters and 13 minutes and then back and forth.
3: I
4: That's mean, come on. The opening kickoff, I couldn't see shit. <laughs> like, I'm running. I'm running. I'm like, whoo. and they got on white jersey. So you, I'm running. I'm like, man, boom, and where he came from. You couldn't see nothing. <laughs> but that uh, not that one. That I'm telling you, the funniest thing about that return. I'm sitting there, and we, all week in practice, we was you know making sure because they will try to sky kick it on me. So not to kick the ball to me. So I'm in the end zone. I'm not allowed to. I'm running in the end zone. And then two Viking fans sitting, like, on the first rope, leaning over, talking shit. I'm like, man, fuck it. Throwing the middle frame up, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and before I, go, I took and look, I was about to kick it. I took out run and caught that shit and just housed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like a pooch to the sideline. And, right? yeah, I mean, I, that's supposed that's supposed I, to be the easiest ones to cover. And you just – they just gave you the sideline.
4: Took off running. I'm like, oh, shit, didn't kick that shit. <laughs> speaking Unbelievable. Of the,
0: speaking of the sideline, we'll just ask you, was, was Mike Tomlin trying to trip you on that play?
4: Well, polar best shit on
3: ice.
4: <laughs> <laughs> we got to um, – when I when I'm going to Pittsburgh – it was Thanksgiving morning. We in meetings. First thing he did, he said, Jacoby, look out anniversary when he played that shit in the team meeting. I said <"S-> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wow.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's sounds- humble
0: <laughs> a little anniversary. What was it like playing in those those Raven Steelers games, though? I mean, just the best rivalry in football uh,
4: intensity. Uh, when I tell you brutal, it's brutal. Like I'm talking about like you're getting smashed. And this was before. Defenseless receivers and all that, you know what I mean? Like you was you man. Now you got Troy Powell Malu. Let's see, this one I was detecting when I was when I was there. That was uh, yeah, Troy was there. And no, that no, Ryan not there. He was gone. Yeah, you had uh, Ike Taylor. You know what I'm saying? Them cats, them cats wasn't playing, bro. Mm-hmm.
3: And,
4: like James. They called. They called him Silverback, but I caught a scream. He hit me so hard. I got up. I said, "Damn, James, you gonna help me up at least?" Like you just
3: gonna.
4: <laughs> man, bro, <laughs> it was it's brutal, bro. Uh,
0: talk about your sort of your 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 touchdown dances, which you're you're very known for. Oh man, got, this... got you on to Dancing with the Stars, where you finished third. You almost won the thing.
4: Yeah. I was close. I couldn't, come on, man. I was up against number of women after that. <laughs> I ain't no twerk. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: now, you, I'm just like, believe it or not, the night before every game, I would be in the hotel room practicing my touchdown dance in the mirror. <laughs> it should. Like, I mean, like they're... if I was, I was like, if I score on this play, I'm gonna do this dance. If I run this punt back. I'm going to do this dance. All right, it's kickback. I got this dance. Every night.
1: So you had specific dances for specific types of touchdowns.
4: Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, the kind of, that's the kind of preparation it takes to be a winner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: shows. It shows. Because it looked like it's as you – Visualize run, and
0: win. Visualize and
4: win.
1: Yeah, you'd run across the goal line, and it looked like you kind of had it already in mind. Hey, everybody oh. spread out. Get out the way.
4: I got to do I, this dance. I'd rather be like, hold up, wait. Like, watch this, watch this, watch this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that oh, yeah. Thanksgiving win, uh, kind of a grinded out win uh, against Steelers. Um, specifically, remember, I think you, you must have taken the two turkey legs out and just walked around the locker room with it the entire time. One of my favorite photos to use on Twitter – Is you with Uh with your mouth open with the side Uh eye?
4: (laughs) Man, but you understand, though, that's Thanksgiving. And my family in town, right? So, you know, we got a night game. So, I run to the the facility, get in the cold tub real quick, hot tub, cold tub. Then I go by the house to see the family before I go back to the hotel because it's a night game. And they in there eating gumbo and shit. I'm talking about they eating good. You know what (laughs) what I'm saying, they got all the dressing, and they, and they just and I'm looking at that shit like, man, I can't eat that shit
3: right
4: now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. I go in I eat my little two chicken breasts for the game, and the pasta. Man, after that game, I was so hungry. And they gave me that turkey leg. I wasn't bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was hungry.
0: Uh, Compare New Orleans cooking and Baltimore cooking.
4: So here's the thing. I like, I like. I mean, of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm straight. New Orleans is totally different. We go, we do mostly like Tony Saj, and here it's obey. It's almost the same kind of seasoning. So that's why, like I said, like New Orleans and Baltimore remind me of each other. You know what I saying? Seafood, same style. It just, I'm, 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 We just got crawfish. Y'all ain't got crawfish. We ain't got crawfish and Bemo. You know what I'm saying? That's, I love them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Gotta, uh,
1: huh? we, we, we had talked to uh, Morgan Cox uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to him before doing this interview. He said that um, your mom cooked for the whole team when you guys were down there in New Orleans.
4: As soon as we got off the plane at the hotel. Cooked that for was the whole, his takeaway. <laughs> a, a loaded Nala had like three plates, his damn so He just took them to his room. <laughs> 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 After he ate twice downstairs. Oh yeah, my mom said she she told, but she told Coach Harbaugh she was like, "Y'all make it to the Super Bowl, I'm cooking for the whole team." And she was a woman of her word. <laughs> she cooked for everybody. I'm talking about everybody, staff and everything. Yeah.
0: Keep to talk about the the comparison you sort of made at the top between Baltimore and New Orleans. <laughs> Feels like two kind of proud cities. Um, that both have a lot of pride for, for what they do and, and is that sort of what connects you to both in that way that they,
4: they exactly. sort of have that similarities. I, like for instance, like New Orleans, they are diehard fans. Like they the fans they are diehard saints. You can't tell them nothing. They could be over ten, they still gonna talk their shit. Just like him, Baltimore, they get mad when we lose, but still they're gonna talk they shit like they, they diehard. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, the people and the culture is almost the same. Promise.
0: Yeah, that's a that New Orleans is an awesome city. I don't think it 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 gets taught. We me and Brian both went down there at one point, and it is a it is a cool place to cool place to be. Um, Awesome food with awesome food. Um, Jacoby, put your your coaching hat on real quick as we head into this game, Steelers Ravens on Thursday. Obviously, you you're a former player for both teams. What do you see in this game as the Ravens try to get back on track a little bit?
4: Wonderful. Past couple of games, I mean, well, the first deal of the game, I was actually at the game. Didn't have lost that game. Um, I feel like, uh, honestly, as a coach, we take our shots when we need to. Uh, of course, run the ball. But uh, I feel like uh, we need a big special teams play. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. something. But, yeah. Even if it's in the, it's in the, the kicking game, punt, whatever, we need a big special teams play because that changes the the game, period.
0: If we, it if seems if like if – If they suited you up, Jacoby, and gave you one <coughs> turn, could you house it? Just one kickoff? Can we just get you
4: in there for one? I'm not getting hit no more. I can still run. <laughs> I can still run. Don't get me wrong. Like the other day, you know, they just shut us down there in Calvert Hall, you know, and, and it hurt them kids, and I, and I hate that. You know what I'm saying? I hate to see them kids face. And we played seven on seven. So I played with them. So I did a few, you know, catch a couple of balls, run it and realize, shit, I'm old. (laughs) No, they ain't hit me. I think you had, um,
1: back in your day in high school, I think I read that you had run a 10.28 hundred time.
4: Oh, yeah, I ran 10.28. I mean, mean,
1: that's. That's damn good. <laughs> I mean, it shows on the football field, but um, believe it or not, Taylor and I are supposed to have a race in our future at an event that we're touting as Uh Do you have any interest in being involved? Uh, any? Are you taking on any challengers? Foot race, perhaps?
4: I challenge these kids every day. They challenge me every day. So, yes, I mean, like, I, I ain't lost a race in a long time.
1: We, we need to be brokering races among Amongst these Baltimore athletes, maybe for charity, maybe for something—I don't know—but I think a lot of people would love to see. I don't know, maybe a Tory Smith and yourself. little we'll foot race.
4: Oh hell no, I, Tory! I think <laughs> in the shade. He work out every day. I <laughs> <laughs> but right now, now nah, if it was, if it was like when we both were playing, that'd be something different. Nah, I ain't racing Tory right now, boy.
3: That's
0: that's <laughs> a, that's a lot. Of- that's a lot of speed on the outside. You and him playing on the same team.
4: Listen, hey, sometimes when we were running go routes in practice, and I would look and I'm like, damn, we side by side. He <laughs> you know, on this side. But the ball not hit. The ball wouldn't come to it though. But you know, I'm like, hey,
0: Jacoby, that- we got we got one last question for you. Obviously. You know, you're a Ravens guy. You came back to Baltimore, retired as a Raven, but Steelers is still in the Twitter pick. Can we get the Twitter pick changed to the Ravens?
4: Who is Steelers? We see My tw-
0: your tw- apparently.
4: See, I don't listen. I don't tweet. <laughs> like, like I, I had got Twitter for Dancing with the Stars. That's why I got Because I needed it for Dancing with the they had, I had to get it for Dancing with the Stars. I don't do Twitter, I don't do mm-hmm. Facebook. All I do is Instagram. I don't do TikTok, none of that.
0: <laughs> all, your, all your players are probably doing TikTok at Calvert Hall, though. All those high school kids are probably.
3: They probably cool. is, but I don't do none of that stuff,
0: bro. Jacoby, really appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate what you did for the Ravens and your Ravens career. And as a Calvert Hall guy, appreciate you teaching those kids and, and coaching them up. I wish you guys could have whipped Loyola in the turkey bowl because I know you would have. I know you would have killed them on Thursday. <laughs>
4: yeah. I'm about to say, looking at them kids' face, man, when they told them kids we shut it down.
0: It's tough. It's tough.
4: Yeah. And it's, it's it's hard. It just, it just, them scenes, that's the one, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: You can, you can never get it back, unfortunately, for those guys. But, mm-hmm. uh, you imparted, I'm sure, a lot of wisdom on them. I'm sure they were appreciative of it. So, appreciate you taking some of the time, man, and uh, can't wait to see you around the city and continue to coach up uh, some of the youth of Baltimore. Really appreciate you.
4: I uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jacoby. Thanks, right. Thanks yeah. Jacoby. Back to you in the studio. Trust. Trust back on the exit 52 podcast once again thanks to Jacoby Jones for jumping on with us awesome stories from him um, as we went through his entire career Well, dancing with the star stock how about that how choreographed he had those dances that was interesting he had a he had him for every single play punt return he had one touchdown catch, he had one kick return he had one
1: I wish I could really get into the weeds with him on that just for decipher why one dance correlated with the other and what he was trying to kind of get off with each of them. And um, I mean, what what an image to think about is him in a hotel room in some some city on the other side of the country, just doing some touchdown dances in his hotel room, just mentally preparing for the game. Like these other guys are probably, you know, doing some, some game rituals and
0: relaxing and doing their thing. And he's just in his his room dancing. The funny part is it's almost like a, a sort of a visualization thing for him. He's just almost trying to visualize out what he would do once he achieves his real goal in the game, which is to score touchdowns. So some people would think of like how they want to run the route and then get to the end zone. Maybe his version of that was saying, I'm going to have this dance ready because I know this is going to happen. So that's just Kobe Jones right there. Let's head to our Nick Caner medley, Maryland person of the week. We'll pop through the segments here. RDT, as you scramble down there, I'm, I'm starting with you. So, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I had
2: trouble coming up with one this week. Um, man, what a bad week in the world, that. Jeez. Yeah. Well, no, no. All right. So my Mar- my Nick Hinder medley, it doesn't have anything to do with Maryland, but it's my Maryland uh, person, player, man of the week. Um, the video of Marshawn Lynch walking around Hawaii through the roads with turkeys, giving out – I think he gave yeah. out 200 turkeys with his charity and his – I think it was called Fam First Family. Um, was pretty awesome. And, like, I don't think – like he's gotten not a bad rap, but he seems a little rough around the edges, but everything you read about him is like, all he does is want to give back to charity and give back to the people. And, 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 you know, in Oakland where he's from and he does all these food drives and he was seen giving out masks to people like early in the pandemic. And it's like, and then a video pops up where he's just in the middle of Hawaii. I don't, I thought I read that he lived there he's and it's a like wholesome dude. He's just, he, he's wholesome absolutely and like he's a very likable guy but again i feel like he gets such a bad rap like he, he seems awesome and and again just the video of him and and now so obviously after that a video circulated from when he was on the sideline with richard sherman i don't know what year this was but sherman's like what are you doing for christmas and he goes christmas i, I don't know i got to get to thanksgiving and he goes i'm going back to the hood i'm giving out turkeys in the hood and richard sherman's like can i can i come do that with you He's like, yeah, if you want to, like, that'd be dope. And then it just, <laughs> and then it cuts off. But it's like, he's talking about it on the sideline as he's as he's eating Skittles. This that's is what he's thinking
1: down. about while he's at work. You it's know, that's true. But the game I, he loves, and he, he even in little moments of, um, you know, between plays, he's thinking about how he can help
2: other people. It says a yeah. lot about who he is. Exactly. And I, and again, I think that he gets a lot of shit from the like, oh, I'm just here so I don't get fined, and blah, blah, blah. But I I think, I think he's an awesome guy. And I, again, I, I, I love seeing that video. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I think he's one of those guys that just suffered from a weird perception problem at the beginning of his career too, where he has the famous cow where he's driving the, the, you know, Injury golf cart, golf cart mm-hmm. around the field and that kind of looks sloppy. Then I get his time in Buffalo ended a little bit sloppily, but Oh, he did the the, the main event. It's one of yeah. my favorite
1: internet videos of all time. The guy
0: the guy always brought it on the field. I mean, you could never question the effort. Um, and yeah, I thought that video was really cool he, as well.
2: He also he played in a playoff game this year. Like people it's doesn't it seem like he's been retired for a long time?
0: Yeah, it does. He came back for those like two weeks and he played. Yeah, it's 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 a wild situation, but yeah, good yeah. for him. Good for him. I will take it next. Uh, my Nick Henry Medley Maryland Person of the Week is about as related as you could be to the uh, subject of this segment, and that's Jalen Stick Smith, drafted tenth overall by the Phoenix Suns, uh, and then had an unbelievable reaction. Very uh, fitting of him crying at uh, his his draft party. An awesome kid who represented Maryland unbelievably well, and. No one ever had a bad word to say about him at Maryland or at Mount St. Joe, where he went to high school. So a true Baltimore guy um, went to Mount St. Joe, went to Maryland. Now goes out to Phoenix, drafted higher than everyone thought he was going to be. And, and I'm just really, really happy for him. Um, and he's in a great spot. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're an up and coming team down there in the quote unquote Valley. So shout out to our guy, Jalen Sixsmith. We will miss him greatly in college park, but I'm very excited to watch him play in the NBA.
1: Yeah, Baltimore native as well. Very happy for him.
2: Um, the video of him crying afterwards was very, like, that That was one of the best reaction videos I, I saw from the entire draft.
1: Uh, most definitely. Um, mine actually would have segued perfectly off of Eric because my Maryland Man of the Week is Justin Forsett. I don't know if you saw the video today. Taylor, you didn't have a reaction, so you must not have seen it. He did – it must have been a TikTok – that he kind of saved and dropped onto Twitter, but he did a video. Um, obviously, the Ravens and the running back situation, people have been kind of bugging him in Instagram, Twitter, whatever comments about coming back and, and, and playing running back for the Ravens. And he just cut and compiled a video of him going out in the yard with his kids and seeing if he still had it. And he like puts his jersey on, and his jersey's like way too tight. <laughs> he, tries, he tries to hurdle one of those play school cars, one of those, you know, red, <laughs> yellow roof things he to hurdle it. And he kind of like, he kind of like stumbles over it. And then it just cuts to him in his office and his home. Just like talking about like, nah, man, I don't got it. I'm not playing football no more. Like, it, I'm just, it's so funny. You should give, if you, if you don't, or if you didn't see it yet, go, go to his Twitter account, give it a look. Appreciate Justin Forsett for uh, giving it the old college try Um, We appreciate what he did, uh, especially in 2014, but in his years here in Baltimore. Um, Thanks for for giving it a go, but um, the boys will take it from here, Justin.
2: The the best part of that was when he was sitting down after, and he goes, I blame you all. Like, I blame you. Y'all are the ones that keep telling me I got it. And he's like, I don't got it. Stop. Like, stop. He said, I see it on Instagram. I see it on Twitter. He said, "I'm just trying to sell uh, house cleaning products. Leave me alone." <laughs> I didn't
0: even see that video, but Justin Forsett has uh, has has had other good social media moments. Like he is pretty good on. He's charismatic uh, on social media. Uh, and was a good Raven as well when he was here. Yeah. Any uh, honorable mentions for the boys? I'm going
1: to give an honorable mention to Jeff Cerebic, um for being very transparent and very, being uh, the you know the best Ravens a legitimate journalist on the beat and doing what he does but I also want to point out and, and, and this has nothing to do with the fact that he was the only person to give me proper credit for breaking the story that there are positive tests at the castle this is not what, that's not what this is about but I just want to point out that Jeff has 44.6k followers and a certain ESPN beat writer has 45.1 I'm not naming names because I don't make enemies that's not what this is about but I just want to make things right and make sure the right beat reporter has
2: more followers than the other. That's all I'm saying. I think I have said beat writers phone number too. From, from an interaction I had with him earlier this year, if I'm thinking of the same person, but so it would be a real shame. We can can
0: bring him on the show and and discuss this and discuss all things Ravens. I think that would be very appropriate. Confirmed
2: that yes, I was. I, I was checking his if, Twitter
0: followers. If
1: if he thinks I don't exist, then he doesn't exist to me.
0: Well, there you go. Well, we'll have to figure out if we could rectify that. The one interesting thing about uh and I I don't. You, oh, go who, ahead. Said,
1: who said I wanted it rectified? Does it need to be right. Re- oh, we need to rectify the follower thing. That's what I'm.
0: That's what well, I'm. So, so that's what, what I'm saying. Okay, so but so we would, really we should have Jay Z on. I would love to Jay Z. Try to get him some more. Try to followers. Well, yeah, we'll make that happen. Absolutely, we'll he's a close happen. pro. Absolutely, The interesting part about the uh, the whole attribution thing and and someone that sort of works tangentially in this situation, not as a journalist, but as someone that does a little PR, it's very almost very selective when people get upset about this and don't get upset about this um, in terms of status and things like that. It, it's just it's a very a weird one. Um, it's the same with photos. It's just bizarre. But we don't hey, need can, to get in. We can I get elaborate into the on that
1: stuff. whole thing? Sure. Elaborate on that for a little bit. Sure. I found, I I got word about this at maybe 7.30, 8 a.m. on Monday. And I couldn't believe that word didn't get out until whenever I broke it at 12.30 or so. Obviously, the Ravens PR team um, had all their ducks in a row, and they were ready for whenever somebody leaked it or put it out there. And they, you know, put their statement out within 10 minutes of me putting it out there. Um, And my apologies to the PR team that works very hard. I know this has been a rough week for them having to deal with this as well as multiple games in a four or five day window. And that's part of why I didn't put it out there. So, so quickly, I'd like, when I heard about it, it's COVID COVID is kind of like a hands-off thing. I don't, I, this isn't the news I want to be breaking. I, I love the, the, the Marcus Peters trades, those types of things. I don't want to break COVID news. I don't want to talk about people being sick. Like I'm. Thank, gonna, you
0: for, thank you for your service.
1: Yeah. But at a certain point, like it's out there. Um, I've got people in my DMS, a whole bunch of them telling me that this is going on. It's, it's no secret. There's no way that people don't know it. It's clear that they just have been told not to put it out there. And I guess I'm in a position where I can put it out there. So I, I don't know. I,
0: yeah, we, we, won't, we won't. I, I sat don't. on it
1: for like four or five hours. I couldn't believe it didn't go out.
2: Yeah, it is. Weird know. It's, it's like, is it, is it like a HIPAA thing? Like it's not, cause it's not like an injury. It's
0: it's, 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 definitely
1: probably some due diligence that they do to like do a follow up test and confirm the positive to make sure it's not a false negative. So the more you can hold out on that and hold out on putting names on actual lists, because I, there are supposed to be a couple more names that show up on this list tomorrow. Um, I'm sure, I think they're just going through the motions to make sure it's not, uh, a false negative.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much involved with this too. There's so much protocol there's, uh, you know, with the the NFL has going on um, so all of what we probably know about. And then some that I'm sure happens behind the scenes.
1: So, yeah. So my, my additional honorable mention goes to the Ravens PR team because they're taking it from all sides. And sure. I am sorry if I made your life a little more difficult. I, I truly am. I really am. It was, it, it, there was too much smoke. I mean, there's smoke everywhere. It, it, yeah. It was Water. going to come out soon anyway. And they were prepared and they were, they're, you know, professional about it. And they, you know, they were ready. So they, they do a
0: great job as always. They do. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Your apologies. I'm going to accept your apology on behalf of the Ravens PR team.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. RDT.
2: And, uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't think I have one, but I, I do want it. Something real quick I'm for as good not. as the Ravens <laughs> PR team is. And Banks, you talk about it. The Cowboys' PR situation today, with this coach, have you been following that?
0: A little bit.
2: A where little bit. They announced someone, or maybe it's not the Cowboys' PR, but where they announced that practice was canceled and Mike McCarthy's press conference was canceled due to a non-COVID um, injury, um, medical emergency. They said, and then it comes out that their strength and conditioning coach dies. A beat reporter tweeted that out, like, "Oh my God, RIP." I forget his name. And then people later, like other beat writers are like, no, he's alive. He's at the, he's at the hospital getting tests. And now it's like a whole big, like, again, it's like, did someone jump the gun here? Yeah. And they called this guy dead. They had players on the Cowboys. You can't call a guy dead unless we you know
1: for sure. Like that's so again, that's, that's like dangerous stuff. Oh. <laughs> like this is okay. This is not at all the same thing at all but it's dangerous to say when people are one thing when it comes to their health, mm-hmm. not. which is a little bit why I came out and just squashed the Lamar Jackson has COVID suggestion that some people put out there. I just want to
2: make sure that that didn't like grow into something. Get legs, get yeah. legs. Yeah. But it was, it was very strange. Cause again, the first reporting was uh, non-medical or non-COVID a medical emergency. Oh, the strength and conditioning coach died. Like, oh my God. That's terrible. It's and again, it, it just seems like there was one person who was like, "Yeah, he died," and then other people were like, "No, he didn't." But of course, the one that says he died got picked up and retweeted. And again, like, like who was it? Lyle Collins was tweeted out a, a picture on Instagram and all that, and was like, "R.I.P., I'll miss you," blah blah blah. Which again, it's like, ever you know that someone trying to rush to be first. I don't know if the if if death is the first thing you want to uh, <laughs> yeah you don't want to be first on that one. But again, I- it's just like how the Ravens handle stuff compared to like the Cowboys and their situation with this is like night and day. So yeah, that got me thinking hey, about that.
0: Who, who knows to what happened there. I mean, that could have been a reporter that just screwed their entire messaging in the situation too, by mm-hmm. yeah, something calling for copter or-, or getting bad information or, or just trying to make a name for being first, which you, 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 as you said, and you know, none of us are journalists, but you can, you have to be right. On that. And it's not even worth being the first person if you're not that, don't have that confirmed with the team. I, I
1: mean, tell you what, you don't want to be wrong when it involves the Ravens because then you got Chad Steele breathing down your neck. That is something you do not want. Big man. It's followed me guy. this week, and my ears are perked up. I am on the
0: radar, and that is a little bit terrifying. With <laughs> uh, respect. Do, do, you have a, do you have an honorable mention, Eric? Or is that your – is the your anti-Cowboys reporter's rant, your honorable mention, which is fine. There it is. Um, his his honorable mention is the truth. Is the truth. Yeah, and, just and the, the cold-hard truth. truth. We love the truth on this show. I have two quick honorable mentions. First, uh, another guy who was, who was handed out um, turkeys locally was John Wall. Saw that today. Good for him um, after he apparently asked for a trade, and then they said he didn't ask for a trade. Shout <laughs> out to the Wizards. The other one <laughs> is someone that helped uh, – someone on this podcast – great message, get a little notoriety. And that is the WWE universal champion, Roman Reigns, who quote tweeted our own RDT in his tweet about Mo and put out a very nice message about Mo Gabba to his 4.1 million followers. So your tweet got a lot of buzz. Most story got more seen by that audience, which is very big for Roman who is big in that, in that world. And then shout out to my man put on an awesome performance on Sunday at survivor series in a, in a, in a great match with Drew McIntyre. So, I got to satisfy our Jimmy seafood contingent that that likes pro wrestling. So.
2: Well, I mean, after after the whole Loyola, you you, you were crapping all over Loyola with uh, Jacoby. That's a Johnny. Yeah. The Loyola, I don't. Yeah, know, that's it's... true. I got. I got to ah, make it roll downs. Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah, your team stinks. And what? Yeah, you
2: fun. you may have to do some. Uh, <laughs> and, you may have to do some kissing up there. I don't know, well, but you I probably got
0: roll. No, I'm not gonna kiss him about making fun of Loyola. Loyola's, Loyola's garbage. Like, sorry to anybody that that listens to the show that went to Loyola, but I mean. Just not as good of a school. Take your beat the hall thing off of Charles Street. Get that off the hill. That wasn't <laughs> happening anyway. Let's move to the mailbag, shall we? uh First question from Grant Batters at Grant underscore Batters. Chances the Ravens let go of Greg Roman by the end of the year, Banksy? I don't. I,
1: I don't see it happening. It, it could. Things are going to have to continue to spiral, and I guess we have to see it stop spiraling before i can honestly say 100 no to that but um greg roman i mean he was up for head coaching jobs last year like he he i don't know if he was finalist or whatever but he was kind of him and wink both were, were the next guys in line among veteran coordinators because everyone's grabbing these young guys um from college or this you know whatever but it's, it, it would be pretty shocking because the marriage between Greg Roman and what he does and Lamar Jackson and what he's capable of is such, you know, that's, there's kind of a symbiotic relationship. And I know that things aren't going well with that, but I would be surprised.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I don't think there's any real reason to panic about Greg Roman at this point. And, you know, I guess we could kind of move it into this next question from, John B. I don't know if this is the John B. from at the Outer Banks, but you know, uh, at Johnny Nine Hockey on uh, on Twitter or Instagram, wherever he DM'd it, does a new OC fix the offense? Also, must develop a receiver eventually. I mean, the Ravens haven't developed a receiver for 25 years, so I'm not really sure that that's on Greg Roman at this point. That seems to be an organizational weird curse or issue that they cannot um, develop an elite elite receiver. I think that I don't think a new offensive coordinator fixes the offense. I think they, you know, need to stay with this philosophy. I mean, they built this system around Lamar Jackson. It worked unbelievably well last year. As we've seen, sometimes, sometimes the defensive I think the Rams are a very good example of this. Everyone was singing Sean McVay's praises two years ago when they made the Super Bowl. They got shut down in the Super Bowl by Brian Flores and the Patriots. They st- dunk on offense last year and everyone's like, well, Sean McVay, this doesn't work anymore. And then you watch them play offensive times last night and you even tweeted about, it, I think banks, I mean, they, the timing in their offense is amazing. So what they're doing was always working. Just sometimes you are gonna have years where you have to tinker and figure things out. I don't see any reason why the Rams would panic, get rid of Greg Roman and bring in a new offensive coordinator for Lamar Jackson at this point, stay the course you still have a chance to be a playoff team this year and still be a very good team this year. There's, I don't think there's really any elite to panic unless this just gets outrageous and you have public sniping or something, but I, I don't see why you would.
1: There, there's, there's a, a lot of blame to go around on the offensive struggles to a lot of different parties, but the offensive coordinator is not number one execution is number one right now. There have been plays the last few weeks that are there, there to be made and throws have been missed or, or people have run routes too shallow or, or what have you. And there just needs to be better execution because there have been moments for sure where, uh, you know, Lamar, there's at least two touchdowns that could have been thrown last week in the red zone that were not executed. And those are partially on Andrews and, and Hollywood. Sorry, Eric said this in our group chat the other night. Hollywood, no more. Who? You earn that back marquise brown from here on out until he earns it back he is marquise brown until further notice you get you get all the credit in the world for that take care
2: no I, I i people were talking about it on twitter and i think even quadrius mile i think q said something like the hollywood sign is is disgusted at the way marquise plays or something like that <laughs> and
0: then i saw <laughs> it's someone be like, Florida. <laughs>
2: And then but someone was like, you know, they, when they think of Hollywood, they think of that, but they were that's like, tremendous. Yeah, he's not Hollywood. We call him Marquise. And I was like, oh, it's kind of funny. So I passed it along. Yeah. Well, I'll give proper credit if I knew who it was. I'd give <laughs> them proper credit.
0: Romo broke down one in the red zone, too, where it was Des Bryant coming in on an in breaking route, and Lamar just didn't throw him the ball. Um, so he's got a, he's got a hit on that. I agree. I, I think there are openings there. Um, Lamar and Lamar's missed on throws. I mean, he, he is really, he's really missed or They haven't executed properly. So I wouldn't panic on Greg Roman. Speaking of Lamar Jackson from Joe DeMartin at Joe underscore DeMartin Madden curse question mark. <laughs> Anybody?
1: Uh, I've been hearing a lot of different reasons that are just, you know, juju, mojo, really uh, reasons for this, set. God, I'm doing it again. This, that, and the other (laughs) Madden curse is one of them. Uh, What jerseys they've been wearing is one of (laughs) us doing Lamar Jackson. Woke up today. Tweets. Yeah. I mean, Um, come on, (laughs) come on. Like, they just need to make a throw better or run her out better or not miss tackles or just play physical or play with an attitude. Like I'm not, I'm not changing what, what we're doing here We did like trust the process here. The results will come soon. I'm running. I'm getting as impatient as everybody else. I lost my mind for a bit there on Sunday night. Um, shit. If we didn't get COVID, the team, I, I may not have tweeted any words for two or three days. I was actually planning on doing nothing but depressed and angry gifts for two or three days, but then things have evolved and we have to move on at some point. So stop it with the juju talk. We just got to play better football period.
2: The Madden though was always fun to talk about. Like I, I used to be a huge <laughs> Madden guy and like, but I mean, I'm looking back, I took completely forgot because that game is absolute trash now. Patrick Mahomes was on the cover last year. Yeah, <laughs> guy, won, guy, guy won the Super Bowl MVP. Well he hurt his
1: foot or whatever for Yeah, well
2: his knee. Race, yeah. But, it like, but oh, then man. it's like Madden 2019, Antonio Brown. And then it's like 18 was 18 was uh, Brady, seventeen was Gronk. Yeah, Brady won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like Gronk, I think that was that Gronk. No, that wasn't Gronk's last year. What about Peyton but, Hills? That was 2012. I'm looking at, like, Odell Beckham in 16, <laughs> Sherman in 15, Peterson on the 25th. I mean, it's I, – I think if it stopped, it stopped after, uh, stopped after Mahomes last year. Peyton Hillis, what a gimmick. I hated him. I hated – I had a, such an <laughs> yeah. irrational hate for him. I don't know why. He was a Gary Kubiak uh,
0: beneficiary, I think, when he was in Denver. Eddie George – was on, was on the cover uh, for Madden 2000, in 2001, excuse me, ran for 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns.
2: Yeah, so. like uh, it was, no, I think he was like, I think it started after him because no, I forget you who. Have
0: the, the, you have the, the Vic, I mean, the Vic thing was huge. Oh, he
2: broke his leg, Vic you know, in preseason, yep. The cover. Uh,
1: Sometimes Haloti not a happens.
2: Was that Haloti? Yeah. I guess that was, was that his rookie year? Wait,
1: no, maybe it was, uh.
2: Was it
0: not it was rg3 you're right yeah, it was, yes. uh,
2: i think it was a Delius thomas i think it was it yeah i think it was thomas yeah it was, it was a preseason, a preseason game, yes yep in atlanta i do remember that um the ravens won 13 10
0: well the greatest preseason team in history unfortunately the ravens didn't get any preseason yeah that games. Was... We, could have, we could have talked about that yeah so, uh, you know, that that's not, uh, that's not shocking. Uh, Jake Lowry at Jake low five. Will there be another illegal formation penalty this week? Yes. Anybody else? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to yeah. speak it into non-existence. It won't happen. It cannot. Ha- they've got to stop. I mean, they it's have to stop. clean this up like that stuff. They've got to clean up the, li- li- you know, some of the, the roughing the passer, they they've got oh that was a brutal call this week. Bad call, but they, they keep happening. I mean they they continue to happen. Um they've got to put get oh, themselves it, out of prison. here's here's something
1: that I saw somebody mention today. The Ravens, the, the receivers
2: I know, I know where you're going not
1: drawn a single defensive pass interference all game or all season. The one the one that was underthrown the post route to Hollywood Brown, where he kind of like like Lamar was a little late on the timing on the throw, and it should have been a touchdown. That is also a prime example where he needs to draw some contact and try to attack the ball and high point it. And at best, he catches the ball. At worst, he draws some contact and maybe gets a flag.
2: I think because I saw someone talking about that play too. I think because Ken Wyman had the the no pass interference. Um, he had that tweet earlier, and someone was talking about the, holly, the the Marquise play in the back of the end zone. And I don't, I think I'm remembering right, but they said he brought his hands up like way too soon so the the defender knew the ball was coming because he just throws his hands up and waits and that's what they were saying like a good receiver would have waited until the last second and then stuck him up or again going high point it so yeah i it it was good it was a good call on on both of those um it was a good it was a hell of a play by hooker in the in the back of the end zone but yeah i mean that's a that's a play where i feel like a veteran receiver at least gets contact and and does something with it
1: there's all kinds of little nuances that these receivers don't seem to be grabbing onto that I guess are things you learn at the, at the professional level that you don't get in college. I thought, I can't remember if it was on Twitter. Or it was actually on the broadcast last night, but Cooper cup made, there was somebody made a comment about why he runs routes the way he does. He makes sure he does three moves on every move he makes basically, because these NFL defenders are taught not to bite on the first move and react to the second. And when you just go with a third move, you think about any, any corner that's been kind of like crossed up in a route. It's because the the receiver has turned his hips three times in his route. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I've never seen a Ravens receiver.
0: I don't think ever like run the kind of route that say a Stefan digs or. I was going to say, perhaps. you watch Stefan dig and you were par- partial him because he's a Maryland guy, but you watch the clips of him isolated running routes. I mean, it's a clinic. It is. An it's absolute... so like fluid. It's beautiful to watch. It's poetry. And the Ravens don't have route runners like that. At least, I mean, and you see that stuff because, you know, these people on Twitter that go back and watch people find when the guys run and you see that with Diggs almost every week. He has one where he just runs beautiful, beautiful routes. Um, and Marquise Brown, Devin Duvernay, Prochet. Maybe Des Bryant will 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 um sort of show some of that veteran I,
1: way. Tonight. I really liked what I saw in the small pocket of things from this week.
0: I also did. I'm encouraged. He brings a more physical presence that, as we talked about, uh, our man Miles Boykin fired. I mean, that guy is not really playing. So Des Bryant is going to take his snaps. Uh, one of our favorite listeners, Bishop 47 at Bishop 47, three. How much would Calvert Hall have beaten Loyola by in the Turkey bowl? Well, I'll take this first 40. I mean, it wouldn't have been a contest. The Don's <laughs> stink. Um,
1: Are we talking running clock? Uh,
0: do they do that in, in MIA football? I don't know what they do. I don't know It's
1: for public high schools in Maryland is 35 points.
0: I don't, I don't think they do that, but if they do that, then that's just some charity for Loyola. (laughs) Um, Any other takes? None of us have watched either of these teams play. Have they played any games? Uh, Both teams have played games. I'm, That's all you, man. (laughs) There you go. You guys are just contracted to say 40. So you guys have both said 40, and we'll move on to the next question. Jake, (laughs) who I called Look Q a couple weeks ago, he uh, tweeted at me and said it is Jake Luke. So shout out to him. It is uh, at Jake Luke, but it is spelled L-O-U-Q-U-E. Favorite Thanksgiving side. Now, here's how we're going to do this. As Banks has talked about, we are big Olympics people. So we're going to do a side podium. 3rd place, 1st place, 3rd place. bronze medal, silver medal, <laughs> gold medal. That was just pathetic. Each of we're us huge will Olympics have three guys, picks. first place. Each of us will have 3 picks and we can overlap. We can overlap. That's what I
1: think makes it too easy though.
2: Yeah, but like if my first pick is my favorite side and you take it, it's like it's still my favorite side.
0: Well, like there's, there's probably three sides. Well, Banks, you suggested the idea, so you take it however you want to do it.
1: Well, I, okay, whatever. Uh, I'm just going to give myself the first pick here. Okay. Because it also dovetails with a take that I'm kind of was sitting on. I could have turned it into a go-off king, maybe. I don't know. like, But Mac and Cheese is the oh, here we go. top of the podium. Every year, it seems like conversations come up where people think that, like, oh, mac and cheese, what is that doing on Thanksgiving table? What are you talking about? Absolutely. It's delicious. It's a a starch. Um, Honestly, the first point that I just made is probably the most important one. It's it's fucking delicious. Some would say that I'm the biggest mac and cheese guy in Federal Hill. Uh, I've said that. Taylor has said that. Um, Other sources have said that as well. Um, I think there's a lot of evidence to support that. So, um, that's going to be my first pick for just about any meal.
0: And, uh, on Thanksgiving, give me two scoops, two scoops, Eric, you got the second pick. I'll go, I'll go mashed potatoes. And I
2: I was actually talking with Britt Giroli from the athletic. She tweeted out, they did a similar type thing, um, where they were ranking their sides. And I said, it's kind of insane that you took Mac and cheese. Number one, because I said, like, I've, I, I, I feel like Mac and cheese is just the, the athlete that that blew up at the combine and mashed potatoes is that solid three or four year starter that had a hell of a career and is just, you know, they're going to produce. Whereas the, the, the Mac and cheese is almost like a Vernon Davis where it's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but just showed up at the combine. And she said she had a truffle Mac and cheese. That was the best thing she's ever eaten. And I said, well, that's just like adding steroids. I said, now it's just <laughs> well, here's the thing. not natural, and it's an it's it's an integrity issue.
1: Well, here's the thing with with the Thanksgiving mac and cheese is it's always a gourmet mac and cheese. It's not. It's,
0: it's
2: got to be
1: baked. Craft. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. got to be baked. It's got
2: a breadcrumbs. all
1: types of cheeses and breadcrumbs? Maybe you know I'm not as much into the bacon as some people, but you know more power to you if that's your thing. And uh, when you get that that little like crispy, not quite burnt, but like browned top. To it and around the edges of the dish that's that's what you want right there and the fact that you get some of the best mac and cheese of all the year on thanksgiving just makes it that much better so in that sense it's like a dk metcalf It shows out of the combine and then, and then
2: backs it up a little bit
1: and people come out and poo poo it and it falls down the draft board and then it ends up on everybody's plate because they see it on the table and they're like oh man that looks good and they take a scoop and it performs it performs every single time
0: both good picks. Uh, I'm going to start my first, uh, my, my gold medalist is going to be stuffing. It would have been mashed potatoes, but that's off the board. So, uh, I will take, I will take stuffing, put that as the, uh, the gold medalist for me. It's just solid. I think everyone likes stuffing. I don't know why you wouldn't. You can put gravy on it. Uh, everyone does it a little bit different, but, uh, I think gets it done. You ever have apples and stuffing? Yeah, it's okay.
2: Yeah, uh, it's my-
0: not my, not my, how I would do it, but it's okay.
2: Yeah. My friend's mom did it a couple of years and we, it was, I don't know if it was almost like a texture thing to get some crunch in there. I know people I think so. celery. So, yeah. okay. I, I just didn't know where, where it fell on the, uh, the
0: stuffing uh, landscape. Yeah. My mom. Single... Shout out to Tina Smythe. She makes right. great stuffing.
1: There you go. Shout out to Tina. Uh, every single year, the old Bay account on Twitter tweets Same out thing. that old Bay stuffing recipe. And every year, mm. like, Oh man, I should have thought of this sooner so that I can tell my mom or whoever it might be like, Let's do some Old Bay stuffing and see what that's about. And I just see it, and then it makes me happy to see it. I don't have it, and then I'm like, try to put a note in my head for next year, and I forget. And It happened today. And uh,
2: Maybe if they listen to the podcast, they'll be listening as they're getting the food ready on Thursday, and, you know,
1: they can, they can, they can mix it up. Sure.
2: Um, so I guess my silver medal, if oh,
1: we're doing so the, Are we doing a snake? So I, get I don't know, a snake
0: draft or what? You should I don't, go
1: – Taylor would go again in that circumstance.
0: Okay, it did. Uh, we'll snake it then. Um, oh man, there are a couple. There are a couple on my mind here, and I think I have to get this. And I don't know if it's actually a side, but I'm gonna make it a side in this discussion. I'm gonna go with gravy. Uh, uh I, oh no! That was I'm the big
1: discussion. Gravy. This has been a very like a raging discussion. Well, for Chicago right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going with gravy. It's gotten I, ugly, to be honest. There's it's
2: gotten very gravy ugly. Gravy
1: is running in the streets with that argument.
0: Well, I suppose, I'm, no, I'm, t- I'm,
1: I'm with you. A gravy I'm taking gravy. Us.
0: I think it has to be considered a side at this point. I mean, the stuff—it's on everything, and it's—you have to have it on the side. So, I'm going gravy. If you guys uh, object, I have another thing in the can here, but that's where I'm going.
2: I'm gonna. I'm not objecting. It's you know, it's your podium. Go ahead. We'll allow it. It's it's all your- right. Am I, am I going with mine?
0: Yeah. You would be next.
2: I will go. I'll go just some good old fashioned green beans. I like okay. green beans with garlic and, beans. and bacon and
3: okay. some of
2: that other stuff. Not really a green bean casserole. Um, People but I, like I could that. do some green beans. I can, I can put some down. Okay. Thanks.
1: Thanks. You're not much of a greens guy, but green beans. I'm down with green beans. I get down with some green beans. Anyways. I will be taking the jellied cranberry sauce. Sure. Out of the uh, what is
0: it, Ocean Spray? Ocean Spray. Right big out. Year of Year Spray ocean can. Spray. Um, yeah, oh, very big year. Very,
4: very big, big month. year.
1: Yeah, um, I'm taking that 100 times out of 100. The very key thing with that cranberry sauce is I often save it towards the end because if you get it on the dish too early and it starts to run kind of get a little runny and, and kind of mix up with some things on your plate there. It's, it's a little less than ideal. Um, you'd rather have the uh, actually the gravy that's kind of running the river throughout that whole plate around your mashed potatoes. By the way, those are awesome gold medals from you guys. Um, and my last pick is crescent rolls.
3: hmm. hmm.
1: Them flaky, delicious crescent rolls. Oh yeah, I get a little tongue action there. <laughs> that stuff is so good,
3: man.
1: <laughs> I had, I just built a, a phenomenal plate. Uh, mm-hmm. Throw on, I'm 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 a turkey leg guy. I try to get the leg if I can.
4: Wow, okay. Yeah,
1: so that's getting mixed onto my plate with the sides that I put on my podium. Uh, obviously, gravy all over the place. Um, and I, I mashed potatoes would have been my silver medalist if I could have had
2: it. Yeah, I I think that's probably everyone's consensus. It, it was either. It was either gold or silver for everyone. Um, my My bronze medalist, um, I'll go another green. I'll go, I'll go Brussels sprouts. Mm. I'm, uh, I didn't I don't think I've had Brussels sprouts or I hadn't had them before like two summers ago, and now it's like I eat them every chance I get. They're very good. Again, you could put everything on top of them. Um, they're just it, it's just a good
0: old-fashioned uh, nice little nice have.
1: When those are good, they're great.
0: Yes, yes, they are. Brussels sprouts are are very divisive. When they are yes. great, they are outstanding. Mm-hmm. And when they are bad, they are horrible. So See, I haven't you, had bad ones not, yet, so I there's don't, not what, really like a middle ground. You can't have a, you can have an average a lot of things and it gets it done. Like mac, exactly. and cheese, you can have average mac and cheese and you'll enjoy it. You yep. can't have average Brussels sprouts. You have to have outstanding Brussels sprouts or w- good. Brussels what
2: is sprouts. a bad Brussels sprout made of, though? Like, what makes it bad? Is it too, over- overcooked?
0: Oily. Yeah, just cooked the wrong way. Yeah, okay. dry. Yeah. yeah. Also they don't hold up very well. Yeah, yeah, they don't
2: travel well or anything really either. No.
0: No, they're no. Yeah. Um I also love Brussels sprouts. You guys both picked ones that were on my board here. Um as you said, Brian, I would have had uh mashed potatoes in on my pony. It would have been number 1. Um it would have been the gold medalist. But because those two are off the board, uh I will take sweet potatoes as my uh as my third pick, let me some sweet potatoes. Sweet potato right. fries. Are yeah. you going to do it? Uh, well, I, you know, as we do come to Thanksgiving, there is, you know, a notable Maryland alum who has had some star making turns on the Thanksgiving football games. Uh, I'm talking about one Vernon Davis. And one of the things he's just always talked about is just always talked about those yams, those sweet, sweet potato yams. I just want to have them all day long after I play against the Cowboys, after I catch two balls for 29 yards and disappoint everyone in fantasy, I'm going to have some sweet, sweet potato yams, and then finish eighth on Dancing with the Stars. That. Is the uh, the sweet potato of choice, the sweet potato yam from our man Vernon Davis, um, and I think really that's the that's the place that's that's the place to end our Thanksgiving discussion, talking about Vernon Davis's yams and that voice he would always yams, yams. yams sweet potato sweet yams potato yams yeah. sweet potato yams.
2: That sounded like Jeremy's Jerome Boger too. There's a little <laughs> yeah. Jerome Boger in there. By the way, did Yo, you see beard. bearded Boger? He's growing yeah, out he's, he's getting a little the scruffy. Scruff.
0: Like who, who, who the hell do you think you are, Jerome?
3: Pass interference,
0: here. defense number 21. <laughs> 26 <laughs> Uh love Jerome Boker. great official, great official. <laughs> uh, and Vernon Davis, great Maryland alum. But when he would just say "yeah," it's a very weird clip. It was a very hey, no weird yams. <laughs> it's it's just so good. <laughs> Vernon's the man. Vernon's the man. Uh, I'm so glad you brought uh, that, that up because I I would not have thought to have brought that up tonight and yeah, but, been doing but that impression. That's for a in long the. Time. W- in the Taylor Smythe wheelhouse. Glad to bring that glad to bring that to the pod. At some point I'll, we'll bring the rest of my, the rest of my outrageous things as they, as they come available. I think that's the proper way to add the Thanksgiving discussion <laughs> on Vernon Davis, uh, three fantastic podiums, make sure everyone, all of our listeners enjoy a safe, healthy Thanksgiving with your families. If that's what you choose to do um, in the small groups. Um, as we as we continue to battle COVID, but everyone enjoy Thanksgiving and make sure to get uh, your mac and cheese if that's something involved. I have to say, Banks, thank, uh, mac and cheese not on my Thanksgiving uh, family's Thanksgiving meal. Never has been. But I do love mac and cheese, so maybe we'll have to do it this year. We'll see what maybe happens.
2: maybe find a new family. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well, <laughs> <laughs> can't do that.
2: You can't, can't give props it. to Tina. You can't and do then, that. You then, can't give props to my and then mom. Just tell her to tell her
3: to <laughs> Yeah, and then tell her to get out of here. I'm um,
1: sorry,
0: Mrs. Smythe. Yeah, I can't do that. But maybe maybe at some point I'll come over to the Black family table um, and have some of the, the go mac ahead. and cheese. Welcome to it. Uh from Jimbo. Is Jimbo making the Mac?
1: No, he's not making the Mac.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's pouring the whiskey. Ah, yes, yes, yes. What is the best uh me what is the best of the dishes in the RDT Thanksgiving, Eric? We go hard on the desserts.
2: We just can oh, do like a chocolate mousse. Yeah. Um my dad's a big pecan pie guy. I'm a big pumpkin pie guy. Um, so you're
0: a pecan guy over a pecan guy.
2: I yeah. I don't eat it. I'm I'm not. No, a, I'm saying you say, but pecan. eating it. Yeah, eating pecan. it. No, um, pronouncing it pecan.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: How is um, how is Taylor and the Smythes? Is Brian uh, gonna tell you to bounce from the family too? If, no, if we, have, we have we have great
0: uh, pumpkin pie. Is is my personal favorite. I. But how do you, how
2: do you pronounce? Are you pecan uh, or p-
0: pecan?
2: On Brian, just
0: like Jake. Look, <laughs> he can.
2: Okay. Okay. he can, he can you
1: Sandy's he
2: you can like? Sam. real quick before we do get out. I want to, I don't know if you guys did it at the end of the interview. Cause I was suspended shout out to our guy, Andrew. Yes. Um, for getting, for helping us get Jacoby Jones uh, in the interview. He, um, and again, it was a very weird, not weird situation, but it kind of came full circle where he said he had um, I think he's on the coaching staff at, at Calvert hall and that's how he presented us to Jacoby. Um, and then I was talking to him today and he had mentioned, uh, I, I told him that Taylor, your dad was, uh, high up on the board. I didn't know he was the highest on the board, um, at Calvert Hall, not to, not to, you know, not to brag or anything. And then he had mentioned that he had kidney cancer two years ago, um, and had it removed and, and your dad, I guess, had a big hand in, helping him you know throughout his medical trials and and getting a second look and stuff like that so was kind of just uh it was neat how it came full circle and uh I guess your your dad's demand. So even after Banks is trying to get you to abandon said family, I knew, um, I knew yeah, you, were,
1: you were you trying
0: to bring that home. They sound okay. Yeah. Me for that. Thank you, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Someone supporting the the Spife family. Uh, it is weird, and we do. I mean, we have all these listeners from Baltimore. They do call it Smalltown, and that really hammered it home for me today. I mean, that was wild when you sent me that text um, yeah. about her. But yeah, shout out to him for forgetting Jacoby on pretty short notice too uh for this week that was awesome of him to do and Jacoby was great so look this is just what we did this is what the Hall guys do for each other man <laughs> like you know it is what it is um Jimbo knows Jimbo gets it
1: Jimbo does
0: so absolutely does so uh yeah shout out to him and we'll make sure to try to have um, as many former Ravens as we go on because the stories there are just awesome we heard, we had it obviously Morgan Cox current Raven And then Jacoby, Um, there are a lot of great stories to tell out there. So we will continue to try to tell them. But that is enough for the exit 52 podcast. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Make sure to give us a listen on your travels. Hopefully we've entertained you enough as you're going wherever you are, or you're staying in and and doing your thing um, at home. Make sure to follow all the boys on social media at Barstool Banks, the best newsbreaker in Baltimore at E-D-I-T-T-I-22 for our man RDT, who is probably going to go try to block Chris Davis on his Twitter so you did not to see any of that stuff on his Twitter anymore. You can follow me at Taylor TaylorSmite10. You can follow the podcast at Exit52Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We will be back. For an instant analysis on Thanksgiving night, we take no days off. This podcast sleeps for nothing. The turkey leg will be firmly finished on on Banks' plate. The pecan pecan pie (laughs) will be on the side of RDT. I will be shoveling pumpkin pie, and we'll be talking hopefully about a Ravens win on Thursday. So make sure to look out for that. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast.